Episode 1015, and it's a relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? And from Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. What, what was, why did you do that, Derek? <laughs> that was very disturbing. Was happening. <laughs> I, I have to switch the tone, man. I don't like the same thing. We're coming, I have to, we're coming out of Halloween fun. season, to be and that's fair. What it is, so, yeah, really. that's true. Well, as a week ago, Jesse, you had you last last week's podcast. You had a conundrum about family uh, costumes. What what ended up happening? I was extremely stressed about this, guys. First off, I think we've established. Am I the only one who dresses up for Halloween every year? Yes, yes. We established that. Yes, yes, yes I was sure. watching a magic game that night, handing out candy to. The kids, but I'm not going to dress up. As celebrities, you're the, you're celebrities dress up every year for Halloween. But did you see? Okay, hold on. Did you see? I know, I know, listeners of Halloween is long ago now in your brains, and you're thinking about the next holidays. But did y'all see Kim Kardashian dressed up as Mystique? Right? She you saw that? She's yeah. all blue. Blah blah blah. Did you see why she dressed up? She was going to a celebrity birthday party, one of her friends that night, Saturday night of Halloween weekend. She dresses up because every party on Halloween weekend is a costume party. She gets there. It's a formal birthday party. It was not a costume party. And she was the only one in costume. Yes. She posted on her IG yes. like, oops, you know, like show up to a party. That it's is a, hilarious. I think That's about amazing. this every day. It is the funniest thing to me. Oh my God. But here, here's the thing about some of those celebrity costumes. Too, it's like I don't know how they're getting in and out of these things. Like you know, yeah, what the I mean? Ivy like, Klum worm one. Yeah, Did you exactly. See that? And I'm, that was the win. That was a win. <laughs> by the way, that that one Halloween. By the but, way, but I have I had so many questions about that costume. You know, <laughs> and, and it, like I said, it's it's one thing if like an average Joe wears a, a costume to uh, like a party. Like if you're the Joker, right? I saw a lot of jokers this year. Did he? I saw Diddy a disproportionate lied. amount of jokers just walking Diddy around. Did, Diddy kind of nailed it, though. I like Diddy. I like Diddy, Diddy nailed it. He almost got into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a character a little too much. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if you go to the costume, if you go to, to, to a party in the Joker costume and you realize you're the only one in costume there, you go wash your face. You're just a guy in a green suit. Okay. No right. sweat. Right. 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 Like, I'm not having to like call a team of people if I need to use the restroom at, if, right. you know, if. I'm just saying the, the celebrities do it for themselves. I have zero empathy for that the situation. Fact, the fact that Kim is so image conscious and she's out, she is like this blue character at a formal party the entire evening just cracks me up so much. How uncomfortable but she also had to she been. can just like own it. Like she's Kim Kardashian. Like, okay, so I can come to a costume party if I want to come to a costume party. I'll make it my own. I feel like on The Office when uh, they went to the Diwali party and Michael told his uh, girlfriend it was a costume party and she showed up as a cheerleader to the Diwali party or Pam when she was up in the New York office dressed up for Halloween. Nobody else up there dressed up for Halloween. Anyway, that kind or of thing. Or on Legally Blind when Elle Woods showed up right. to the party. There she you go. owned it. She owned she it. She owned right? it. Yeah, but that's but right. I was stressed this year because I did not have... I didn't have any ideas. Where did, where did we land? Where did we land? I was going to go as Nathan. I was going to get a, a, this was, this was up until the last minute. I was like, all right, I got to construct this thing, you know, before I leave the house, I rushed home and this was my intention. I was going to get a gray sweater, 
like, you know, tight black pants, a pair of like new balances and strap a laptop around, my, you know, put a little baby powder, you know, some, some little gray in my hair and then strap a laptop to my chest. And I was going to be Nathan Fielder from the rehearsal, but I think it was too deep of a cut. I don't think that was, I don't think that show yeah. outside of some circles, I don't think walking around the neighborhood trick or treating, I'm going to get a lot of love out of that. Right. You know, mm. it just looks like a random guy with a laptop on his chest. Okay. Cameron, I busted out the blue uh, spacesuit that we got the at Space suit. Camp. The, yeah, the flight yeah. suit. Okay. Yeah. Started texting some neighbors. Cowboy hat. Jeff Bezos. Boom. Space Boom. cowboy. Hey, <laughs> I like it. Timely. It was timely. Yeah. I got a lot of comments out there. People, And at one point, I grabbed like a little Amazon package. You know, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then it was like, hey, next year, I can just get a bunch of people. We can be billionaires. Like, we can just have thematic billionaire costumes. It really, it was, it was a stroke of last minute inspiration. You know? That's awesome. Desperation sometimes sparks inspiration and that's oh, what i mean, yeah. my, my kid who just turned 13 he's really funny i don't know if y'all know many gen zers <laughs> but is. this generation is hilarious i mean mm -hmm. they will roast you they are funny anyway he had a inflatable dinosaur outfit he thought that was gonna be funny right the engine broke or the motor broke on it so last minute he decided to go as the cop from reno 911 with the little like tan cop outfit with the short shorts and rollerblades. And he just rollerbladed around as the Reno 911 cop with the mustache and everything. I'm like, what 13 year olds know Reno 911, first of all, but I was proud of him. That's a good pivot, you know? It, it really anyway. is. It, th that's the thing. Sometimes when you're back into a corner, that's when your best yeah. ideas strike. How many times, Cameron, were we were like, you know, something happened with a publicist and we're like, we don't have a cover story here. Oh, and yeah. you know what? You get on the blower, you start making some calls and that's when you're, the best things always came together. When you, when you're in a corner and you have a Jeff, sweet Jeff Bezos costume that the whole it's, block party likes. Hey man, that's why I'm an optimist. There's no matter what bad news you can get, no matter what terrible thing, what lean just got put on your, whatever, like no matter what lawsuit just happened. There's always a way out. There's always tomorrow. There's always a way. And that, it's the same thing. There's Halloween's always a flight the same suit thing. and a cowboy hat stuffed in go. the back of the closet that you forgot was even there. Done. There you go. Well, we have a great show in store for you. Coming up later, we talk to Lisa Turkhurst. She has a new book out. We She joins us later. You don't want to miss that. We also have your feedback at the end of the show. But stay tuned. Right now, Emily joins us for a Relevant Buzz. You're listening to Phoenix. The song is After Midnight. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show our very own downtown Emily Brown to tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Emily. Hey, y'all. 
Is this your last week in Texas? You're moving to Nashville next week soon or soon, right? Uh, working on it. Uh, had a little bit of an apartment hiccup, but we are we're working it. And by we, I mean me. I don't know why I say we. Well, <laughs> I'm working on. it. Up. You can you can tell them what you found out. This beautiful apartment looked incredible on the website. Then after she <laughs> locked it down, she read some reviews of people who recently moved out and said, "Stay away. There's a lot of cockroaches." So she was like, oh, "Okay." I was hoping I was hoping this was going to go ghost, but <laughs> that would have been really good. I wouldn't have hey. backed out if it was a ghost. Just kidding. I would have run for the hills if it was a ghost. Just yeah, kidding. I did the cockroach apartment thing in college. You don't want to do the cockroach apartment thing. I thought about it for five minutes. I was like, because no. I'm like, well, I'm not too bougie. I can live anywhere. But I was like, I'm bougie enough that I don't want cockroaches. You don't want to be put on your shoes in the morning and like, what's that crunchy move thing moving around oh. by my toes? I gotta be honest. Yeah. That's not, it's not a deal breaker for me. Not a deal breaker. You know? <laughs> and that makes sense for you, Jesse. But You just invest in some Tupperware and just wing it? Dude, yeah. they're crawling your ears at night while you're sleeping. I know, that's what I've heard. When people are sleeping and they get in They play it like eggs crevices. and stuff in your ears. A yeah. lot of people oh. don't know this, but the average human... Uh, eats nine cro- cockroaches every night. People just don't even be <laughs> aware of that stat. It's shocking when you find out, but that's why I'm just not worried about it, you know? So instead of nine, you want like 30? I, I've, I've uh. watched Fear Factor. I understand. I understand they're harmless, you know? They're just getting along just like us. You know, they got, they're going to live somewhere. They're going to live in some apartment, you know? Why not mine? But why I, not? Would you pay to be on Fear Factor? That's what, because it's like, if you I'm moving, I'm paying yeah. to get you the cockroaches. Get yeah. Do you I mean, get paid to be on Fear Factor? What is the what is the prize for Fear Factor? Is Fear Factor still a thing? I, I don't think, think so. It's a thing. But like, no, what is, did you win money? You yeah, had sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Money? yeah. yeah. I'm sure okay. there was. Nope. Nobody's gonna subject themselves to that yeah. level of torture for free. I don't know. Right. Some people do some crazy things for fame. So you know I didn't this know if it true. was just. This is true. Dragon rights or no, no, no. I'm sure they were compensated handsomely yeah. for the torture. Oh, uh, maybe not handsomely. Yeah, it's it's a couple evenings with Joe Rogan and a few hundred dollar prize. I think is right. I think is so not handsomely I, at all. I'm thinking, I'm thinking ten grand. I'm thinking ten grand. I'm thinking ten, 10 grand. grand. You can um, take dinner with Joe Rogan or ten grand. I will take the ten. All right, every time. Uh, all right, what do you have, Emily? Um, well, I want to start off talking about some social media news. So, um, Elon Musk has taken over Twitter. Um, if you weren't aware. Uh, which I got to give kudos to him what? because Twitter was already a really crazy place and he has made it somehow more chaotic. And mm. you know, you just got to <laughs> give him respect for that. Um, I didn't think he could do it, but he did it. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday. He took over Thursday, so it hasn't even been a full week yet, but he has already fired, I think nine top executive board members um, and made himself the sole, what is the term? chief is what he's calling this, himself. Yeah. Chief um, Twit. Chief Twit, yes, is what he's calling wow. himself. Um, he has also allegedly threatened about 75% of employees that he would fire them. He said that that's not true, but employees have told some other sources that they're definitely feeling the pressure of if they don't make all these changes, they're going to lose their job. Um, and then also in the meantime, he's still tweeting every thought he's ever had. So, you know, respect for his priorities. Is, every day something comes out. Did you see that the the staff, okay, the CCO had a Twitter thread about getting canned. And she, mm-hmm. in her thing, talked about the changes that were happening that she was fighting against. 
And she said one of the things was their group of humans that did the moderation and would take down, yeah. you know, horrible, horrible posts and stuff. He cut from <laughs> hundreds of people to 15 people. So like Insane. that was like, okay, we're not, we're not going the same direction anymore. So the did content is going to be garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we know about the $8 a month to get the check mark thing. Yeah. yeah. But did you see the most recent one that he's now announced a video subscription service? Basically, he's trying to launch an OnlyFans inside of Twitter where people can post videos for free, but you pay to subscribe to the videos, which is OnlyFans. So he's trying to lean into the porn thing because he can monetize it. So I, I, I am, you know, when it comes to the ethics and the problematic nature of a lot of, you know, I don't want to see people lose their jobs. You know, I don't want to, you know, or, or, you know, but beyond the, beyond even just the, the tech prognostication, right? Like about tech industry trends, I'm more interested in the story because I want to see how far someone can go absolutely winging it. Just like Michael Scott on stage at that convention where he just grabs the mic and he tells the shareholders a plan off the top of his head. Or then he's like, and we're going carbon neutral. You know what I mean? Just, oh, that one. That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Everyone's yeah. been in a, in, a, in in that place where they have like a presentation, like a meeting, like you, you, you're you're like in a wedding party, and you're like you've had months to prepare the toast, and you're like I'll do it the day of. Don't worry, I'll, I'll write something up when I'm when mm -hmm. I'm on the airplane to the wedding. I'll write the toast. You don't prepare. It's your turn. You just get up there and wing it. That's what he's doing with $44 billion stakes. And I love it. I just want to see, he, it's, it's totally evident that he is absolutely winging it. And I just want to see what is, what is the, that's why you got to give him respect. What could go wrong? I want to see what humanity is capable of when absolutely totally winging this whole thing. I do think it's interesting. Everybody, those first three, four, five days after he took over, a lot of prominent accounts reported losing thousands mm -hmm. of followers. And I wonder, I mean, is that an algorithm shift? Is that scrubbing, you know, bots or is that thousands of followers leaving Twitter? You know, like that's interesting to me to like watch what happens. I think it's a little bit of both. Like I, I do think there is like some clearing out of bots and fake accounts and stuff. But I mean, I've seen a few people that I'd follow that were, that were kind of like, all right, this is my last tweet. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm just leaving. And I don't know exactly. I don't think we have the stats come quite back. yet. They'll I don't know. Look. They. I mean, that's the thing. There's other options. I think maybe 10 years ago they would come back. But now it's like, you can go to TikTok. You can go to Instagram. Like, right. you be real if that's all yeah, you, you know. Like, but Twitter is the last of the, it's not video based it's mostly text based. But I mean, based. If, if Elon's making it that, like if that's the direction he's taking it, I'm not going to want to be on a place where I have to work through OnlyFans accounts. I don't want to see that. Well, so this is what I think. I think that a lot of this is an overreaction because when you look at a lot of the stuff, like if we really look at Twitter and say, what has actually changed besides the rumors we know, we know that. First off, when anybody goes into a company now, the level of like people he fired might be just insane. But most people, when they go to something different, they want to bring their people mm -hmm. along. Sure. Right. So sure. I don't think I don't think that's bad that he's like For sure. He didn't even like Twitter in the first place. That's why he bought it. He said this is ran, ran bad. So we already knew those people weren't going to keep yeah. their job. Like you know what I'm saying? He, he didn't like them from the first place. So did you see? To me, I'm like, did you see? He walked in day one, fired the CEO and COO. Right? Those two people 
had a hundred and twenty million dollar severance attached to their termination. Which, wow. But 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 here's the issue though. He fired them for a cause. So that means they get nothing. And that's why they're suing him. Yeah. Right. You see what oh. I'm saying? They're, yeah, they're gonna sue him because he fired them for if he'd have just cut them or laid them off, they'd have got that. But he said for a cause, so now they're not getting anything, well, right? But when you look at it, I think a lot fight. of I think people are just kind of like frustrated that he has it and they're just throwing tantrums yeah, left I and agree. right. Like for me, yeah. I'm just like, let's just wait and see yeah. what's going to happen. Because in my mind, if I'm a business owner, yeah, I want to ch- monetize the culture and change it. But I don't want to make it so drastically different that I... I mean, honestly, that's what Instagram has done. Instagram has literally turned their platform into TikTok and people are just like, we'll just go to TikTok. We like TikTok better. And I think if he's smart, which he seems to be pretty smart, hopefully he won't do that to Twitter because I think the thing that makes Twitter that sets it apart is it's mostly text-based. It's very limited in what you can say. You you know what I'm saying? It's more, mm-hmm. more that. So hopefully he keeps that. I think... And in a sense, if we're talking about even the video subscription thing, all that the porn people are doing is just redirecting people from Twitter to OnlyFans. So I guess he's like, well, if I make it pay for a subscription thing, then now, Mm -hmm. even though there's porn on here, it's behind a paywall. And the only people that get to see it are the people that want to see that. So I don't know. Like for me, I'm looking I'm looking back like. We'll see what happens. It could, it, it may not be as bad as we think, as some people I, think. I, I'm curious to see if he does kind of like what the streaming apps do, where it's like, oh, do you want a G profile? Do you want a PG 13 profile, a MA profile? You know, and like right. you could have like, there's mm-hmm. different types of Twitter experiences based on the type of content you want to see. Cause right now there's no separation between bad no. and good Twitter, right? I mean, but so wasn't there a separation before? Am I tripping, Cameron? But I don't know. I didn't like, even know there was that stuff on Twitter until last week when it was being reported. So I don't saying, know. It wasn't there like posts would be like this is explicit posts, like because I, I know, know like I, I thought like rap like rappers and things like that would have like guns and things in their videos, and it'd be like the post would be labeled explicit, and oh. you'd have to like click on it. That's what I thought that we're supposed to be doing. There is something, but from my understanding, it's someone else kind of has to report it as explicit oh. content, and then it's added. Uh, By those hundreds of people who got canned, so you know now yeah. there's nobody to flip the switch. <laughs> someone had to like add that filter. <laughs> like I said, there's so many elements to this. Like the difference. In- like, I mean, Twitter and like a lot of tech companies that have gone through an IPO operate in the in the red, not the black, because they're, you know, they, they their money comes, you know, somewhat artificially inflated, right? Like people are investing in their stock and they're just burning through that cash, right? Where now that he owns it, it's like, mm-hmm, if it doesn't make mm-hmm. money, there is no money. And so like, I understand like all the wrinkles of it. Like I said, more to me is what is the highest stakes winging it of all time? Yeah. He's got $44 billion with no plan. <laughs> and he seems to just be making it up as he goes along. This is far, that element is far more interesting to me. Did you see also like the banks that help fund his cash acquisition? So he got, he has a billion dollar debt payment every month based on just the loans he took out to buy Twitter. So he got like 23 billion or something like that mm. from. Citibank, Morgan Stanley, mm. there's this consortium of investment banks that, that funded it. They put in their uh, third quarter re- earnings report l- literally yesterday, 
hidden down in it, they think it'll t- it'll be a very long road before they start to see their capital coming back, and they are preparing already to take multi billion dollar haircuts or losses based on him not him basically they're expecting him to default on the loan like because twitter's not going to make the money that Jeez. the price tag would have warranted so that's when it starts yeah, to and crumble he can't, and he you can't know? It, it, it and like even though on paper he's the world's wealthiest person most of that wealth is not cash it's tied up in spacex yeah. or 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 tesla stock mm-hmm. and tesla stocks are down and twitter stocks are down which but, brings but even, tesla stocks down yeah but even then if he were to liquidate that and turn it into cash which should be used to make a payment he risk you know if he has under what 49 percent of the or the of the shares he can no longer the controlling shareholder of his two companies of his other two companies so it is high stakes and that's why I want to see. It's like someone going up in school, and like you, you. Let's say you're in a group project, and they put together a really great PowerPoint presentation, and you did nothing to help all presentation long, and the whole group got sick, and you haven't even opened the presentation once, and it's like, <laughs> go present to the class. <laughs> it is a tightrope walk, and I'm here for it. It is. <laughs> It's going to either end awkwardly and hilariously disastrous, or we're just going to be mind blown about how he pulled this thing off. And that's more okay. of the entertaining factor for, for me. Yeah. I have a follow-up question about that in a second, but speaking of billionaires losing their paper money, did you see that last Thursday, Mark Zuckerberg lost $11 billion in one day? This year, uh, his fortune mm-hmm. started the year at $136 billion, and he's lost over $100 billion of it so far this year because Facebook... Nobody wants this virtual reality stuff that he's banking on. Their ad revenue is drying up and their stock has dropped 74% this year, which is insane to me. Good. He doesn't need 136 billion. And do you want to know the solution to the problem? The solution to the problem. This would have been the easiest thing, Mr. Zuckerberg. Sometimes you just need a normal person in the board meeting. Yeah. It's sometimes you just need like a not a person that's like a tech guy. You just need like, hey, uh, Derek, Cameron, uh-huh. Jesse, Jamie, and Emily. What y'all think? Hey, uh, TikTok is killing y'all because when we they actually post on there, people actually see their stuff. So, hey, can you like make the algorithm where like when I post, more than three people can see it? And I think people will want to stay on Instagram mm-hmm. rather than go build a whole new platform. And two, don't come to us like, don't worry. I know no one's stoked about these ideas, but these tiny cartoon avatars <laughs> that are poorly animated. Poorly animated. They now have legs. They have no, they, they can walk animatedly. You can sword fight with them. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Like, dog. Oh, we don't. Nobody want these cartoon characters, bro. I just want people to see my post. It wasn't that long ago. I was like, wait, the metaverse launched. I thought we were all like building up to this thing. <laughs> How do I access it? Where is it? Like, <laughs> you're telling me this is out there? Like, people are using right. it? You know? Same. Like, I- and he wrote he wrote the metaverse out like a Kanye project. That mug just like it just come out. He adding songs, <laughs> adding feet later, and add. That's like, true. Uh, did you see too? After uh, Elon took over Twitter, that means everybody who had Twitter, you know, shares got paid, right? So now its founder Jack Dorsey, which was he had a sliver mm. of of ownership still. Now he's made billions. Now, what's he doing? He's out there. He announced he's launching a new social media platform. To your point, Derek, it's a totally different technology where it's a decentralized something with the back end where it's not one site, it's multiple, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, where users, the overarching mm-hmm. point will be users can construct their algorithm in the way they want. So instead of 
Instagram giving you their algorithm, you can say, I want like this, this, and this, and you have way more control over your social media experience. So if Elon fuddles around too much with this and you know, now nobody's on Facebook and Instagram doesn't get their act together, Jack Dorsey, who started Twitter, he's he's got something that he's working on and it's going to launch pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, I've already signed up for the beta for, what is it? It's called Is Blue that this Sky he's talking about? Like that. I've already, mm-hmm. yeah, I've already signed up. I, I yeah. was going to sign up for the beta for the metaverse. I don't even know where, I, do I go to metaverse.com? Where is it? It's like the new Avatar. It's like, they were working on this thing for a while. Like, I've been hearing about the new Avatar movie for like 10 years. Like, is this thing ever happening? <laughs> okay, I have a question to ask, pivoting. Obviously, we've been covering this on the site. We Faith, life, and culture tech we're an online generation this is a big part of what we cover we're covering the ethics of it you can check it out at the site okay i have a question something you said jesse about elon just winging it he's walking in the boardroom just uh uh-oh and he's ad-libbing 20 bucks bucks? what are we doing here (laughs) what what's the what's do you have y'all had a moment where you've had that situation where you had a speaking gig or you had to give a presentation or something and you were not ready for it and you faked it can I be honest? Every Wednesday, yeah. every yeah, Wednesday say, at noon. 20 minutes ago when I popped on this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, facts. I'm trying to think. That's a fact, too. I, I had fact. one, dude. When you were talking about that, it came to mind. Back in 2008, when Obama was running, I was a pro-life Republican, and they invited me to the Democratic National Convention to give the benediction when 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 Obama was speaking. I ended up not doing that. I thought it was too partisan, but whatever. They invited me to come. And they invited me to just attend some different workshops about the next generation of evangelicals and kind of their political views and things like that. I thought I was a guest. I, I literally land, get taken to the DNC, and get walked into a session where I am a speaker, no. and I have to give a 20-minute no. talk oh. on politics and faith in the next generation. Oh. Had no clue that that was expected of me and did not prepare one word of it. How'd it go? So, How'd it go? Oh. Well, 14 years later, I still remember how panicked <laughs> I was. But, uh, I don't know what happened. I blacked out. I don't know. People told me it was okay afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to break the ice with, uh, how, how long do I have? 20 minutes? Okay, we're going we're gonna to go around the room real quick. Michael Winslow from Police Academy. Well, that's what I thought it was. I knew there was a panel and I was on a panel, but I thought it was just a 10 person panel discussion. I could just kind of hide, pick my spots. Nope. It was 10 people giving presentations. So anyway, I feel like I knew someone who was like a youth pastor one time and the, the, the head pastor got violently ill like that morning, like it was a food poisoning at breakfast situation, you know, and there was no backup for the sermon. And I did have a buddy who just had to take the stage, no notes, nothing prepared, you know, and, he, and he's up on he's showtime right now. You know, he's going from the little stage to the big one and it was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> Like, you know, last chance. I think he's in a different profession now. Did not do well. All right. Go ahead, Emily. Dang. Um, well, I was going to talk about Blue Sky because I wanted to say, you know, if Elon tanks Twitter, we have maybe a potential escape. So I'm glad we talked about that. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about is a new Hulu documentary that um, oh, we definitely think everyone should be watching. If you're going to say what I think you're going to say. Of course. Probably. I'm so excited to watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's called God Forbid. Um, it is about, uh, it's produced by Adam McKay, who did um, Don't Look Up. Big he Short. Actually is big Short. Moneyball. Um, t- yeah. He produced a documentary, and it is about uh, the, essentially the downfall of Jerry Falwell Jr. and the scandal that 
uh, when, when was was that 2020? <laughs> His thoughts and his side out there. Um, it is, I can't describe it. Just watch it. Um, here's a clip of the trailer just for you to get a glimpse of what you're going to get into. As a pool attendant, I would get hit on. But if I would have known that accepting this woman's invitation to go back to her hotel room would have led to a scandal involving the president of the largest Christian university in the world and the president of the United States, I would have walked away and just enjoyed my private life. The Falwells are the Southern Gatsby's. They're wealthy, powerful. With a Christian's communications empire. And they're sloppy. They have a public image, but behind the scenes, they're freaks. At the time, I didn't really know who they were. My brother was at the age of one of their sons. It was an atomic scandal. Jerry Falwell writes, I was not involved. I know the truth about them. And the whole world is going to find out. <laughs> pool boy. Yeah, yeah pool boy. Yeah, I mean, that, those two words, if that doesn't entice you, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had a small part in the beginning of that downfall. Again, <laughs> to Jesse's point, he made his own bed for decades. It's a slow burn. Yeah. 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 But but the, uh, the yacht pick... We grabbed it. Mm-hmm. We were one. We, Remember, it was that the one. The that wasn't the Halloween party. We had his pants undone, drinking the black yes. water. Yeah, yes, yeah. that one. Oh, it maybe that, even wasn't even a Halloween party, like a no. dress up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so he said it was a costume party, and he was doing. Yeah, it was just a nav- just another night. Yeah. That was just, that was just Tuesday night. Yeah, <laughs> we posted we posted that, and it went viral. And then other news outlets picked it up, and blah blah blah. And then Pool Boy comes out, and I mean, it's just like the snowball happened swiftly, and it all started because that picture. Hey, so did he so how did it. that picture get out? Yeah, so besides- he posted it. Late night, one night, and it was down by the morning, but somebody screenshotted it the hour and a half that it was up, and we we grabbed that screenshot and posted it the next morning, even though he was trying to sweep it under the rug, or he maybe he drunk posted it and then like had clearer thoughts. Of course he did. See, see, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. Even with uh, somebody else who posted a picture and then took it down. I wonder if mm. it's like self-sabotage, mm. like people do this they want out. and they're like they self-sabotaging their yeah. self. They want out. Like it's, it has to be because you have to know as the president of the largest uh, Christian college that doesn't allow drinking, doesn't allow sex on campus or whatever, that if you post a picture in your drawers with, See, with some. See, I, I actually disagree with you, Derek. I think that these people think they're untouchable and they are like, Okay, these are the rules, but we're untouchable. And I think the same thing about how President Trump really kind of leaned in and tried to get all the white evangelical votes and tried to act like he was some like good Christian guy when we've seen footage of him saying things that are Mm. intolerable for people to say. And so they think they're Mm -hmm, untouchable. mm -hmm. They think they can like, it's like, it's Pharisee. It's Pharisee talk. It's legalism. It's terrible. And I was going to say, I like to see them fall, but I don't want to say that because that's not right. But it's hard. I don't, I think they think they're untouchable. So you think it's just 
you think it's just a result of immense arrogance and power that just that is just like you know what I can do whatever I want to do. He's in surrounded this by yes men. I mean, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. No accountability. That's crazy. Money and power. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I'm not, hey, That's Derek, crazy. we're not going there, but I'm saying this is one of the threads of conversation that Derek and Prop and I have had about Kanye that like mm-hmm. he felt he was untouchable mm-hmm. and he flew maybe a little too close to the sun and learned you're not untouchable. You know, money doesn't... Oh, I, listen, I, I have no doubt that he didn't feel he was untouchable. I, like, you know, that's not even my conversation. Yeah. But yeah, I, sure. I could see that. I just think... Like, when I think about entertainers, I think I kind of hold entertainers and, like, public figures in a different way. But I guess it makes sense. It's just arrogance is arrogance. Like, yeah. in my mm-hmm. mind, Kanye, he's been cocky. Like, he's been a narcissist at least it would seem, I don't know the guy, but it seems like he's been like, that's kind of been his thing. So Kanye, believable. It's like, man, he's on a power trip. That's what's got him where he's at. But mm-hmm. when I think about a guy like Jerry Falwell, who's like the, 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 the pres- yeah. president of a universe, not, it's not even trying to say cry yeah. for help. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, I forget that guys like that have power and narcissism in that way as well because they hide it really, really well. Like Kanye actually used it to grow his brand but a lot of these guys and i know this because i've been around a lot of guys in in, in that level that it's like they hide it you know you see it but they don't really but so that's what that's why the idea of him posting that picture is like you kind of played yourself because that's not even your brand kanye Mm -hmm. on brand jerry Mm -hmm. falwell jr not on brand at all so that's why it's like when they break character that it it shocks me because I'm like, dang, but it makes sense if you're like, yo, you've been hiding this thing for so long and you've been operating with, with these Kanye type ego that eventually is going to show its ugly head. Well, out that, in the public, that's so. that's something he talked about. If you don't want the pool boy perspective and you want the follow perspective, there was a Vanity Fair yeah. piece that came out in late uh-huh. 2020 where he sat down with them and he talked about the fact that like, mm. listen, I'm not really a Christian. Like the ministry thing is my dad's thing. I'm a businessman and y'all keep trying to force me to be this evangelical leader. I'm, I'm just mm. somebody who took this university from broke mm. to billion dollars of, Which he did, of re- yeah. revenue coming in literally. And, and, and it's like, I'm, I'm a brilliant businessman and I want my due as a brilliant businessman and real estate and all these other things quit trying to put this other label on me. And so I think, so you're right, he had this identity crisis where his real life was authentically living one way and then he had to play this role on stage mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. just over that. I think that he self-sabotaged. I do too. I, I'm kind of yeah. with you, Derek, where I think it's just like, he wanted out. He just wants to be a respected businessman. He didn't want the trappings of his dad's ministry. Yeah. You know, and he's made so much money that it's like, you know what? It's time. You know what I'm saying? This will like, whatever here, watch this. Boom. Like, I don't, I don't know, but that it's, it's such an odd thing. And I think, yeah, yeah, that's such an odd thing. He's got, you know, really close ties to president Trump. He's been through the university, all the things Mm. that they've always had really close ties with. And I think you look at president Trump and he probably thinks Trump has a foot in both worlds. I mean, you know, like mm. he appeals real highly to evangelicals mm. and he's also a really great businessman and people still love him. So I, it would make sense that Falwell would be like, Hey, I'm a businessman. So still it is what it is. Does yeah. this, does a documentary cover where is he at now? Cause I haven't heard his name mm. pop up in a long yeah, time. I think he's out of the public spotlight yeah. at this point. Ever since the scandal, yeah. he's been 
pretty well hidden. he got a you know multi 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 million dollar golden parachute from the university and oh, yeah. they have a big farm in virginia and i think he's just sitting back collecting checks you know hanging like at the, hanging at the pool yeah <laughs> Dang. No savage. No, no, we go. All right. All right. There's a lot more that came from, and it's not all salacious. It's uh, we got yeah. uh, faith, life, news. culture, justice. There's good stuff, funny stuff. Check out relevantmagazine.com every day. It's part of your web browsing. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, guys. Deal. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Lisa Turkers joins us. Wonder what she thinks about Jerry Falwell. Beautiful, elegant, simple, and arrogant. It's penny hysteria after they shot at them schools in that new cafeteria. No sneaking our area, cause if you ain't patriotic, you might be a terrorist. I know it's embarrassing. We say united, we stand, but divisions are therapy. No GED, no EBT, just BBL. That CDC say quarantine, my PPP say. Look at your race, what they gonna say? Stay in your place. Made a mistake, open the case, open the gates. Yeah, go ahead and pray for that beast. See how America You're listening to Lecrae. His new album. The song is Still in America. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Lisa Turkers. She's a speaker and author whose new book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, is out today. She sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to discuss why boundaries are good for you, how they can actually strengthen your relationship with others, and how you know when it's time to say goodbye. Here's our conversation with Lisa Turkers. Why, why did you decide to write this book about boundaries now? Well, I think because I needed to have better boundaries in my life. I'm coming off of, um, you know, the ending of what I considered for 30 years, my most significant human relationship. And when I experienced the death of my marriage, um, I was no longer working on the marriage. So then I needed to work on myself. And as I started working on myself, I discovered that I have not been great at understanding boundaries, at applying boundaries, at being consistent with healthy boundaries. And I really do believe better boundaries lead to better relationships because boundaries aren't meant to shove another person away. Boundaries are meant to hold me together and keep the best of who I am front and center. And I think as I've seen in the past, certain important relationships in my life either disintegrate or develop some dysfunctional patterns. I didn't understand the value of boundaries, but mostly I didn't have the biblical confidence that it was okay as a Christian woman to have healthy boundaries. And I knew if I had struggled this much with it, there were probably other people who did as well. (laughs) 
I love the way that you describe boundaries as well, because I feel like for so long there was sort of this negative connotation with boundaries um, that they were it was the way it was framed was like you're putting up a wall, which is a bad thing. Um, so how how can we reshape that and reframe that to something that is actually positive? Well, I think we need to think of boundaries in terms of three crucial words. One is access, two is responsibility, and three is consequence. So, and I get this straight from the Bible. I I started studying boundaries starting in Genesis. And by the time I got to God's instructions on establishing the temple, I started to realize that God gave certain access to different groups of people and required increased levels of responsibility with the increased access they got. Now, this did not mean that one group of people was more valuable than the other. It's just they were required to bring a different kind of responsibility. And the more access God granted, the more responsibility was required. And the the more severe the consequence was for not being responsible with that access. And so as I took that biblical wisdom and insight of the fact that God seems to not only be okay with boundaries, God really establishes the necessity of boundaries. And so I remember writing in my journal, boundaries are not just a good idea, they're God's idea. And when I took those three words, it started to make sense to me why I was struggling. Because if we give level 10 access to someone, but they are only capable or willing of bringing level three responsibility, the the discrepancy there is going to be dysfunction. And so I started to realize that I was giving way too much access to certain people who were bringing not enough responsibility for that kind of access. And that can be financial, that can be relational, it can be intellectual, spiritual, it can be in any area of of capacity in your life, your time, your emotion, all of that. And so here's the mistake I made. I was giving level 10 access they were only willing or capable of level three responsibility. Now I can have a conversation and inform them that they need to bring more responsibility to continue to have the access they have. But again, if they're unwilling or incapable, the mistake I made was trying to put a boundary on them to force them to be more responsible with the access I granted them. But we all know that external pressure on someone can only create temporary modification in their behavior. They've got to want that change and be capable of that change. So if they are unwilling or incapable of anything above a level three responsibility, I'm not going to be able to change them by trying to put a boundary on them to force them to change. What I can do is I can put a boundary around myself in that relationship and I can reduce the access down to level three, which is their demonstrated level of responsibility. You bring up a question I wanted to talk about, you know, your book talks about goodbyes as well. So, you know, when someone doesn't respect our boundaries, how how do we know when it's time to say goodbye? Well, 
we need to look for not a mistake that someone made you know we need to look for is this a pattern of behavior because look we're all going to make mistakes and just because we make a mistake doesn't necessarily mean there needs to be a goodbye depending on the severity of the mistake obviously but when this becomes a repeated pattern of behavior where the other person really is unwilling or maybe incapable of bringing responsibility to properly handle what you know what they need to be responsible for within the dynamics of their part of this relationship if they bring zero responsibility then we need to consider zero access and we need to take steps not leaps and we need to recognize that some goodbyes are just for a season a temporary separation and other goodbyes maybe for much longer but as we consider this there's two things that i would highly recommend before saying goodbye number one is ask yourself is this a repeated pattern where i am unsafe unstable or i feel like i'm losing my sanity i keep saying to myself this is making me crazy or am i crazy you know so ask yourself some really wise questions and secondly don't go at it alone get other wise people to help you and don't hide information from them don't don't soften what is the reality of the situation so that the wise counsel you have can really help you assess how unstable is this how unsafe is this how much is this affecting your sanity and um and of course i think it's wise to to always get some good counseling as well you know i have an amazing christian counselor and he was one of my trusted advisors and confidants in me being able to process when enough was enough that was lisa turkhurst make sure to check out her new book good boundaries and goodbyes it's out today and stay tuned up next it's your feedback listening to more and more the song is here it goes again okay it's time for your feedback all right last week jesse took a lot of the show to tell you about the fact that he gets mercilessly mocked by children when he's trying to coach baseball games bullied (laughs) (laughs) and so he you know he was asking what's the correct response for an adult when a nine-year-old is roasting you and derek and i had some opinions but we asked you what do you think Jesse should do <laughs> when the kids mock him on the baseball field? Preferably none that'll get him in trouble with parents or authorities. So you hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast and here's some of our favorite replies. Hey, I like, uh, this is Amy. I know you are, but what am I? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie listeners. I do not. I do not love a lot of these responses. The only one I liked. <laughs> because they told you that you need to <laughs> not get so you. worked up about the kids. Yes which 
if you weren't there, you didn't experience it. This is bullying. <laughs> and they gave me the biblical precedence for dealing with this, which is Elijah calling bears out of the forest <laughs> to maul children who mocked his baldness. This is a serious issue, according to... According to scripture, that's all I'm saying. According to Jeremy. Well, listen, Daniel, Daniel has one that it definitely will blow up in your face. If you said this one, the jerk store called and they're running out of you. That is going to get you cooked. Like that's a Seinfeld reference. Yeah, he's yeah. making a, he's but making you're going to get flambéed. Like that's going to get you flambéed. Cause I didn't know that was a Seinfeld reference and yeah. a 13 or 14 year old doesn't know that either. So. That is true. Yeah. Even much less, much less the eight or nine year olds that were, that were <laughs> the bullies oh, here. Eight or nine. It was, uh, oh, yeah, it's over. it was George. George was uh, at a meeting and his kind of nemesis was at the meeting and they had like shrimp co- cocktail or something at the meeting. And, George was eating a lot of the shrimp and the guy kind of mocked him and said, Hey, the ocean called They're running out of shrimp, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and George got so flustered. He didn't know how he didn't have a comeback. And it was one of those episodes where it's like, you're in the car 30 minutes later uh-huh, and then you think uh-huh. of the perfect comeback. Uh-huh. And so the whole episode was him trying to recreate the scene and set the guy up. So the guy will roast him again. And then he can come back with the line. He came up with the jerk store called and they're running out of you. That's what he came up with. They're like, come on, man. That's, That's terrible. Awful. Anyway, yeah, I've watched a lot of Seinfeld in my life. All right, uh, there's a few more, but hey, we got to go to the real one. Evan Penn says, "Listen, as a person who works for Youth for Christ and substitute teaches, you got to joke with the kids trying to dunk on you." Yeah. Oh yeah, he said. He said Derek and Cameron are correct. You got to joke back with them. He said a student asked me, "Do you get a lot of girls with that bag?" He had a messenger bag. To which he responded, "My man purse, yeah, dude, shows the ring. I got a wife." And then the kid laughed, and now he's his favorite substitute teacher. So you got to just. Get in Not there. Not get... Yeah, Fall just go. Fall on your sword, man. Fall on your sword. Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> I was praying for So bears. what did you do? What happened this week? The, give us the update. Have you played the Braves again? Yeah, I played them again. And <laughs> I stood there and took it. I stood there and took it. And I got in my car and I cried and I just dealt with it. Uh, like I said, these kids are merciless and they're... they're there is no okay hold on, hold on. when you say you stood there and took it what do you what was your body language were you like clenching your teeth and trying not to give any visible response like what what, what, what were you doing what was your demeanor exactly standing there looking stone face <laughs> and acting like i had allergies so what do they call my you eyes were just Coach, sweaty. first base guy what are they yelling at you they were naming things i was wearing and and mocking <laughs> your green them. shoes yeah yes <laughs> So Jesse, listen, I told you about the basketball games. When somebody's like getting mad, oh, it's on, you double down. But when somebody's trying to not react, but I can see the twitch in their eye or I can see the clenched jaw that they're doing their best to not react. Oh, I'm quadrupling down on that one because we will crack that person. You know what I'm saying? So you, you gotta, you gotta, you can't, you just gotta smile. You just gotta be like, yeah. My messenger no. bag. I get girls. I refuse. I refuse. I was beyond that. It. It was. It was. They, they cut me too deep to just laugh it off. Okay. I'm gonna have to report them to the league. That's the only solution. <laughs> oh, you gonna be a cop? 
<laughs> You've given me no choice, Derek. But like, just be the chill dude. Like, be the Steph Curry. He, he doesn't care. He's just going to beat you. He's not, but he's going to do it yeah. with a smile on his face. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't get flustered. Draymond Green wants to come punch you, and that's why everybody exit Draymond on. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they leave Steph alone. Maybe one, one thing if I could walk in the pitcher's mound and whiz a couple fastballs by him, but <laughs> I can't go and beat them. Okay. That's true. I'm just the first base coach. Just trip them. That's what you do when. Just or this them. is also what happens when they're running to first, you know, and they get, you know, grounder to second and they throw them out at first. You just whisper some smack talk. You d- let him take it back to the friends. Whisper the smack talk. You don't need to turn around and address the whole, the whole, the whole dugout. You just smack down on that one kid. Dude, dude, dude. Like, let's say like that team's out there. They messed up. That kid messed up. He missed a grounder, whatever. Sides are changing. They're running back to their dugout. They're running by yeah. you. You just drop the quiet insult. Yeah. Like, great job there. You know, like 18. Yeah. You know, like just whatever. <laughs> just a little snide, quiet. I'm mocking you. I'm not doing it so your parents can hear me. I'm not doing anything, you know. Just just kind of p- so, play so the So where we're landing on this, the proper response is to whisper insults into children's ears. Okay. Yes. Fine. Got it. Yes. Got it. The quiet insult is the way to go. Shut up, All you right. ugly punk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's more where that came from. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, earlier in the show, we spent, <laughs> this turned into a CNET podcast. And we talked about tech for about an hour and a half. Uh, sorry, sorry for that, Lisa Turkers. Um, but it got us thinking about Twitter and like Jack Dorsey launching new platforms and all these things with algorithms and stuff. Basically, is this. If you were Elon Musk and you had $44 billion and you bought Twitter, what would you do? That's the question this week. What would you do to make Twitter better if you were Elon Musk? Hit us up on Twitter, ironically, at Relevant Podcast, unless he shuts our account down. And uh, Oh my gosh, and, that would uh, be the best. Not really the best, but that would be funny for no, the show. Like if somebody reported this podcast and was like, yeah, hate speech about you, Elon, yeah. he would shut us wow. down overnight. Oh, well. Well, in the case, maybe go to our Instagram stories and uh, tell us there. And if not that, or we'll go to Blue Sky or Parlor. Um, we're not on or just, or, just pay, or just pay the $8 for free speech. <laughs> huh? $8 free speech. For free speech. Only 8 bucks a month. All right. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Lisa Turkers for joining us today. Her brand new book is called Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, and it is available today. Look how timely we are. It's out now. Go check it out. Also, uh, make sure to head over to relevantmagazine.com to check out all the stuff we're covering every day at the intersection of faith, life, culture, and justice. Um, tons of great content. You should check it out. Make it part of your daily web browsing. Also, you might have noticed if you follow us on Instagram, lots of new posts from us. <laughs> We've shifted gears on IG and buckle up. TikTok's next. So excited about the new stuff the team's creating. Um, hey, while you're at uh, relevantmagazine.com, make sure to check out the fall digital issue of Relevant. It's featuring an incredible cover story with MIA about her faith conversion. We also have some amazing, we have a piece on adoption as kind of the new pro-life issue, uh, how to grow in your faith and navigating disordered eating. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, thing pieces, celebrities, the whole thing. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. 
Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. There's always a flight suit and a cowboy hat stuffed in the back of the closet that you forgot was even there. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.